We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbag. The Rock Pile Report. Oh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors Banquet beers out of spite. The Pettiest, Hardest Drinking Bills Podcast. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. Ryan Lacell from Rock Sports Network riding shotgun tonight, and we are here talking about our Week 15 preview. The Dallas Cowboys at the Buffalo Bills. Your time. I swear I just want to say 4.15 again just to see Chris's <laughs> visceral reaction to it. Well, I don't, I don't care. It'll just let everyone else know that's like probably like, oh, what's this? podcast youtube show i'll watch it and then they see this uh orangutan say 415 <laughs> and they immediately go no football game has ever kicked off at 415 this guy's a joke he's got no idea what he's talking about i mean they might not be wrong not far off at least <laughs> they might not be that far off <laughs> guys in fact can someone do me a favor while i vamp and find me the do- the, the cowboys injury report I got it right here. Or have they not practiced yet this week? The only the only one on the injury Jerks. report is Jonathan Hankins. It's questionable. It's the only one. He can bite my ass. Guys, your time. 425 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Place, obviously, at Ralph Wilson Stadium. It's going to be wild. We have one of the biggest tailgates of the year planned this year. So if you're if you're pl- if you're going to be in the neighborhood, you're looking for a place to find some great food, have a couple beers, have a laugh or two with your old boy Drew Gear. Come find us, Doc's Lot. Chris, what's that address? Uh, I think it's 4180 Abbott Road. That's 4180 Abbott Road. Not confident. Not confident. I am Buffalo confident. Spine and Chiropractic. Look it up. Also, follow him on Facebook. He's got a Doc's Lot Facebook group. Or if you just want to get into our group ahead of time, just send me a text. Send me a text. I can get you a parking spot. DM, email, if you're old like some of our listeners and can only communicate. <laughs> Vince, I'm sorry. I love you. 
Ah, the weather is going to be weird because for a Buffalo December, it's actually pretty hospitable. I mean, we're, we're looking at right allegedly. here. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now, there's some precipitation as of today. They're saying 75%, right? Now, I don't know what the hourly is on that because we're too far away. Precipitation, if you're talking about like <clears throat> a risk, or oh, excuse me, that's Monday, 0%. I had to refresh the page. 0% precipitation, 50 degrees, 13 mile an hour wind. I don't know that you can ask for a nicer day than that in December in Western New York, can you? I don't know if you can ask for a better day than that in November in yeah. Western New York. So, so it does kind of bum me out, doesn't? Doesn't it? You like they're not getting the bitter cold, a little bit of the swirling wind, or the uh, driving, you know, the sleet that you'd think. Yeah, because like, hey, I, I a, would, I would like to see Dak Prescott try to play quarterback in that weather. I would like to see a dome. Anytime you can get a dome football team outside trying to play in that, it's always a like. I, I think that that gives you an inherent advantage. Yeah, it really does. The, the officiating crew on hand for this is Craig Rolstad, and I don't know why, but I feel like I remember cussing this guy out after like a dozen beers one night. Just as, so it's just a typical night for you. Just a t- <laughs> I mean, everybody I know has been there at some point in their lives, right? So if I look at all referee crews and we take a look at how they rank, let's just go by penalty count. Craig Rolstad, where is he? He's towards the bottom. Not bad. Towards the bottom of Let the league. Play kind of guy. Kind of strikes me that way. I mean, Carl Sheffers is down there with him. He might and not throw a flag for offensive he offside. Might not <laughs> right, right up until the, right up until he sees a moment that could make a star quarterback cry. That's it. What a Karen. So that's our Chris. Who do we have on the call? Burkhart and Greg Olson. Nationally televised. Got the big guns on Fox. Yeah, nationally televised. Is Greg Olson really good enough that he holds down the top spot in the rotation? I mean, this is his last year. Yeah, he's talking about getting into coaching next year. Coaching what? He wants to coach the Carolina <laughs> Panthers through through his proverbial hat in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's good at broadcasting. <laughs> what is this like? He's trying to do his Dan Campbell thing, where he's like, I can go from being a tight end to a tight end coach to a real coach. Apparently, it's the most transferable skill: <laughs> tight end to coach. Jason Witten's killing it, and uh, he just yes. won a state won a championship state title in, in Texas, right? In Texas, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for what though? High school football? Yeah, yeah. Fine, go okay. coach high school. <laughs> you don't get to go from the booth to to, to a headset. This is how we got Mike Mayock. This is how the Raiders Mike Mayock themselves. Don't do this. Don't. More like Jeff Saturday. <laughs> Jeff Saturday. <laughs> that, poor, that poor bastard. <laughs> you never, you never see that happen in the NFL. Is when when you like you're done playing and then you can immediately get a coaching job. It's unless like you, unless you've got a coked out yeah, owner that's it, willing to take. It's a like shot. it's like if uh, you know things don't work work out with Mike McCarthy and then all of a sudden the Cowboys have a new head coach and it's Nate Newton. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. We, we've, we've apparently got the top spot in the Fox crew. The, uh, te- the television map, we're everywhere, but Chris made an interesting observation about the early window for CBS. Fox. Fox? Why are the, so why is Fox subjecting the entire country to this? Kansas City, New England. You don't think New, New you don't think that the Giants in New Orleans would be a more compelling game? No. I mean, all of these games in the Fox one o'clock window are Trash. Yeah, that's a that's a rough one o'clock. Kansas City, New England, New York Giants, uh, Saints, Bears, and Cleveland. Woof. I'll tell you what. And then Atlanta, Carolina. I'm gonna be. 
I'm going to be, we all have to be rooting for Chicago in this one. I think they could do it. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> I yeah. think they could do it. Yeah, Chicago's turned a corner, it seems like, offensively and, at least. It, it, and that's all that matters, because the, the, what, what is it? Cleveland just put both of their starting offensive tackles on IR. Uh, two of their starting defensive tackles, one of their their best safety leads the team in tackles. Like, that whole roster has just fought. Like, it's the Oregon Trail. They all have dysentery, and it's all, it's just a matter of time. Now all we need for them to do is try to ford the river. Like, that's it. Well, I think I think starting a 38-year-old Joe Flacco two, two weeks in a row might be that. <laughs> he might be the proverbial river. That's amazing. So, yeah, it, it's... It's it's interesting. What Chris? What's on CBS? Anything of note? Jets, Jets, Miami. Jets, Miami with Nance and Romo. All right, so that's what we're watching at the tailgate. Then I guess you know AFC East player, AFC Player of the Week, Zach Wilson against the what struggling Miami Dolphins. What a world we live in! <laughs> what a world. So the injury report for Buffalo not great. Dallas, you already heard, only has one name on it. For us. We've got an AJ Epinesa not participating. He won't play. If you call it injury week to week, there's no, yeah, there's no chance he's playing. Leonard Floyd, they have to list him. You know, guy Teron Johnson's interesting to me. That ankle injury. Yeah. I guess the thing is, you maybe risk it this week because you know that you could probably get by the next two weeks without a Teron Johnson. Like. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, McDermott typically will listen to the player, and I think Johnson's probably out there because you're going to need some help with Gallup and um, Schultz. So, But then after this, you could you could let him ride all the way to the Miami game. Sure. You could, you could, you could bench him without IRing him and just say, listen, now you're inactive, and that's fine. Rest your ankle because yep. we're going to need it when we play for the division. Yeah. Especially because a notable not on the injury report, at least, is... Uh, oh, no, he is on the injury report, Kyrie Elam. Kyrie but he's Elam. working his way back. So Full participation? Yeah. I, I... So let's talk about this. This football team is in a weird place. You know, with this podcast, we have a much different note to it if we didn't just win over the Kansas City Chiefs the way that we did. I think that you, you fought. You scrapped with the team... A team that's been struggling on offense, yeah. but everyone everyone knew. Like I talked about it in the solo preview pod that I did, that um, there was a lot of garbage there. There's a lot of window dressing in Kansas City that isn't like there's a lot of, there's a lot that's wrong with that football team. And we did what a what you'd expect a good football team to do. We went in. We're also sort of flawed, but we're getting better. Like at least we have the upshot of the fact that on offense, the problems we have are decision driven. It's decision making, not driven by a lack of personnel. Yeah, right. It's not driven by the talent <clears throat> on the field. It's driven by the fact that they're just not executing. And that's the issue that I think the Chiefs are running into. They're running into a wall where they go, "This roster was kind of built poorly," and we slammed headfirst into the wall of Travis Kelsey's production is starting to take that dip, and as he dips. We didn't do anything to buoy that at the wide receiver group, and now we're in trouble. Right. When, when you're feeling the impact of a Juju Smith-Schuster departure, you know you're in rough shape in your wide receiver room. Yeah. So the problem is, is you're coming off that game, and obviously we're all, we've all got a high. And you have not only a high, but you have some... 
You have this emotional sense of like, we're back. As, as the kids say, we are so back. But at the same time, you look at this game and go, not only is this going to be a rock fight, but you're going up against a team that has just been a bulldozer lately. Yeah. A team that at least offensively has been a machine. And there's always the NFC AFC thing where you're like, well, we've been playing teams they haven't been playing. They've been playing teams that we haven't been playing. It's hard. You know, you see what they did to Philly and you say to yourself, all right, maybe their defense is better than advertised. <clears throat> you watch them play the Seahawks and you say, okay, the Seahawks, for what they are, are a team that's pretty sound. They don't make a lot of mistakes. So that team that didn't get in its own way and was creative and aggressive, they took them to the mat. Yeah. You just, you see different things and you try to figure out how you stack up. I think philosophically ahead of this one, first of all, the win over Kansas City gives us some breathing room. If we're sitting here talking about our hopes to make the playoffs, this loss, this win matters. But it won't tank us if we don't win. Yep. So it's not that I want to dismiss it completely. And obviously I want the players to take it very seriously because there is a lot at stake given what's going on in Miami. But now we're in this world where this one loss is one you could absorb knowing what's left on your schedule and you could swallow that pill. It would it would be better, <clears throat> but you could swallow it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it doesn't make it a it doesn't make it a you've got to win out type of feel, right? Like Kansas City, that win gave you the opportunity to say, you know, we're going to go out and fight like hell against Dallas, but at the end of the day, if we can't get it done, we've got three games ahead of us to close out the season and essentially our fate's in our hands yeah. with these with three wins. What would you like? Like, and then you just think about what the reasonable expectation should be heading into this game. And I know that there's people who are talking about, you know, that they're having the same conversation about ahead of the Kansas City game. You got to focus, and you know, Deion Dawkins on TV talking about how it's kill or be killed. We we know that as players, we got to go out there and we got to execute every week. We got to dominate because that's our only shot. All of those things are great. They sound great. They feel great to say. I've said things like that. Yeah, I remember blowing a kiss to Steven Jensen. God rest his soul. Guy was six foot four, three hundred and forty pounds, and I literally blew a kiss at him and said, "Okay, tough guy." During a during a college newspaper meeting, and he just stood up and was like, "All right, well now you understand we have to go outside." And I was like, <laughs> "All right." And I, I walked outside fully, like, ready. I go, okay, when we get out there, he's he's huge. Also, he had done some time, like some actual time. So he was a college freshman when I was a college freshman, but he was 30 years old. And I was 18. Yeah. So we get outside the, the newspaper lab. And, of course, everybody's watching from the window. And I'm walking out there going, yeah, this guy, he's big, but it doesn't care. I'm tough. You can't disrespect me like that. You know, you get, you get yourself pumped up for this fight of like, oh, man, this is going to be a fight. And I see him, and I'm like, all right, I try to square up. I'm trying to do some things. And then I'm like, oh, no, his reach is humongous. <laughs> he's so much bigger than me. I'll get inside on him. And I, I shoot, and I grab him. And now, mind you, I'm also 300-something pounds. And I grab him. And then we're there for a second. And he's just kind of, 
and I hear him go, are you going to start fighting? <laughs> and I was like, I am fighting. And he laughed and goes, all right, I can't do this deal. And then what he did instead was he put me, because he just by nature caught me in like what was a standing guillotine and my zipper of my jacket is just digging into my face. And I was like, I am fighting. And he's like, <laughs> oh no. All right. And he just took me like a rag doll and flung me into like some shrubs and then went back inside. And I come back in and I'm bleeding and there's sticks in my fucking hair. And I just had to sit back down at the table and go, well, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I was not equipped. Nope. I, I got myself all fired up and all the emotion and all the rah-rah bullshit in the world can't make you ready for that fight. Right. What's it's the old just, saying? You're, you're everybody's ready for a fight till they get punched in the mouth? Yeah. <laughs> or until someone just, like, catches you. Like, he didn't move when I hit him. He was like a brick wall. It yeah. was crazy. So I think about that and I think about the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills against the Dallas Cowboys. And I say to myself, I like our defense. I like what Sean McDermott's done recently in, like, the Eagles game. It kind of got away from us in the second half. He got figured out. Ahead of this game, you know, the offense started hot. A turnover leads to a touchdown drive, but otherwise we were holding serve. And then down the stretch, you started to see Andy Reid calling up some, scheming some things, some desperation stuff, moving the ball. But we had answers when we needed them. Mm -hmm. And realistically, that's the important thing. Like, the Kadarius Tony thing. Who says he's in range for a lateral if he's not that far off sides? Yeah. So all this whataboutism of, well, if they called that back, what if he was just fucking on sides? But he doesn't get to the spot where Kelsey can laterally. Well, and, and let's also not forget that you also have Josh Allen on the other side of the field. And even if he does score, well, and, you've and got Oliver, a minute 19 and three touchdowns or and, three timeouts left. And Oliver said he was walking off the field looking up going, oh, man, they left Josh too much time. Yeah. And then they were like, wait a minute, they're calling that back? Uh, and Josh, Josh said the same thing. He didn't even register that there was a penalty. He just said, all right, let's go back to work. Let's right? do this because like, we're going to go down there and get that game-winning field goal. Yeah. Well, they would have been, been a touchdown. Yeah, it would have been a touchdown. But they, they were pumped about that. Let me tell you who the Dallas Cowboys are. One, two, three, four, five. So six of their last seven games, they have scored 33 or more points. They've done it one, two, three, four, five games in a row. <laughs> like, that's. N There's one thing when you have a big game. The Bills have done it, you know? We go out, we have a big game against a team like Miami, and then the next week our offense just flops. Yeah. This team has really hit a stride. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've scored 30. They've scored fewer than 30 points four times this season. That's a high-powered offense. Well, and the, and the worst part is one of their losses is to Arizona. Yeah. But that was when they – I remember watching a game. You turn the ball over, you go for it a bunch of times on fourth down in the red zone and just don't get it. Like that, They it, went into that game with, with hubris, I think, that Arizona yeah. game. They were going to dog walk And Arizona. I think Arizona's coach was like, I need, an, I need an NFC statement win to let people know, like, I'm not a punching bag. Right. Like, I, I know what I'm doing as a coach. And so the team rallied around him, and it kind of worked. I, I think that, by and large, this team, what they lost at the 49ers, which I think most teams in football probably would right now, their, their other loss was at the Eagles, and it was a nail-biter. It kind of went down to the wire, and I think they just washed the taste of that out of their mouths. They have been on a fucking roll this year. 
I think that the Bills are me in that fight scenario. If you're thinking that your defense is going to go toe-to-toe with these guys. I think that just what they do schematically, they've been calling it the Texas Coast offense because they have a, they run through the slot. But that's, that's the thing about who they are and what they are. When you look at the percentages, you look at who's catching what, how, how this is going. Like when you look at where the targets get amassed, CeeDee Lamb, 131 targets. Yeah, he's a beast this year. The next closest guy is a fucking tight end, and then the third one is a running back. Yeah. They are running an offense that's based on guys like Brandon Cooks using his speed to stress your safeties enough that they can't support that slot corner. And then once they get that, they know there's no linebacker who can cover him. And so they victimize you in that way, and they work their way down the football field. And then when you when you try to drop back and take those things away, say, hey, I'll, I know what I'll do. If he burns my slot off the line, it doesn't matter. Or if my slot can't get the jam, I'll shade with a linebacker. That's cool, but who's going to account for Tony Pollard? Right. Well, I think the interesting uh, the interesting thing that I'm going to be watching is I'm I'm going to be really intrigued to see if they just come out and say, you know, Douglas, you're taking CD, and everybody else is just going to have to, you know, whatever you play on the back end, whether it's zone, man, concept, whatever, we're not going to worry about all of what you just talked about because it's just going to be Rasul. And CD, and that's definitely and a way the, to play. Let, let the better man win because they've done that with Rasul so far. He, you can argue he won the matchup against Cortland Sutton. You can argue he, mm-hmm. you know, he's won every matchup so far this season. He's held those number one receivers to some of their lowest total outputs. The one, two, two plays that he wasn't covering Cortland Sutton. One of them was the touchdown. Take away that touchdown, and that's a very pedestrian outing for Cortland Sutton. And you know, you go. Rasul on CD, and you say, you know what? If CD Lamb's going to wind up with six catches for fifty some odd yards, we'll take that because we feel like we can keep the rest of the guys in check. Well, that's the one interesting thing about the way that this is all built, right? Like you can see how Michael Gallup is kind of a non-factor for most games. He's got yep. two touchdowns in the season, and like, one was last week. One was last yeah. week, so he hadn't scored much. He only has four hundred yards yep. through fourteen weeks. It's not really great. underwhelming season for him, and. I think that knee injury really kind of... Yeah. Him. He was yeah. on his way to being like a... I don't know. He was going to be like a tier two or three wide receiver, but a good one. Right. And then that knee injury just derailed everything for them. Brandon Cooks is interesting. Five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Not a ton more yardage. I mean, he, he what what he is is he's that guy that stresses. Yeah. Like, if you look at first downs, Brandon Cooks has 28. CD Lamb has fifty eight. Yeah, CD I mean, C- Lamb is where this passing game CD starts. CD is the definition of their go to guy, and so that you know, you know, reading all this stuff, the only thing I can think is that these guys all strike me. You think about who they are: Michael Gallup, CD Lamb, Brandon Cooks. These are all speed receivers. That's what fuels their entire offense. If you're gonna have a shot at slowing this down, it's gonna take a lot of physical play. Yeah, and that's why I like the idea of Douglas. And I don't know that we'll do it. Like, that's the thing. We can sit here and talk about it. I don't know if Sean McDermott's willing to do that. Maybe he thinks that Teron Johnson, if he's healthy, is good enough to be physical enough with CD that he can take Rasul and put him on Cooks and say, listen, don't let him get over the top. And at that point, you're just looking at Michael Gallup saying, you're going to be the guy who does most of the damage or this offense is going to stall a little bit. I mean, I like the way we've covered tight ends. 
recently. Like, I really have. We yeah. we did a good job against Kelsey for what Kelsey is. Yeah. We did a good job against the last couple teams, although I think the Bengals scored a tight end touchdown yeah. against us. Yeah. But otherwise, tight ends haven't killed us this year. You know who who may be <laughs> what might be a good weapon to have would be a maybe a cornerback who's used to playing man-to-man coverage, physical-type coverage <laughs> with, with good recovery speed. I don't know if they've is got a guy your, like that on the roster. But. Is this your weekly, like... Like your weekly plea to just free Kyrie Elam. This is this is my you know like if he's healthy and he's good to go and Teron Johnson's you know uh, you know I could you put could you put CD you know Rasul on CD man to man and just say Elam you're gonna lock down whichever of the other guys winds up on the other side get up jam them because em. they're smaller than you are and. You've got the speed to recover if they get beat deep, but we're going to maybe put a safety up over the top. And this is the thing. like I'm, I've been watching this all season going. At some point, there's going to be a tipping point. Now, Benford's been doing okay. Yeah. But there's going to come a game where you're like, oh, that team has some weapons that we want to play a little differently. Hey, they have, a, they have Jake Ferguson, who hilariously, second on the team in receiving yards for a tight end. Mm-hmm. Second on the – and he has five touchdowns. He's the second most targeted player on the team. Yeah, I mean, Dak, Dak likes his tight ends. He always has. So if you take a look at this and you go, hey, we're going to try to take away the... But look at what they're doing. They're doing a lot of what the Bills have been doing. Beating teams up in the center of the field because realistically, that's where your best matchup is. Absolutely. Yep. Week in and out. Linebackers can't match up with slot receivers. These, these athletic type tight ends. We're seeing it with Kincaid every single week. When you have that dynamic athlete at tight end who also has soft hands, you can get away with a lot of shit in between the numbers yep. that other teams really can't defend, specifically when you have a Brandon Cooks who can take the lid off a of defense. Right now, nobody wants to drop down. It's like we talked about in our recap, the Gabe Davis problem. <clears throat> we need to solve that because we need to keep those safeties from coming down in the box and making things hard for guys like Gabe Davis or for Kincaid. We need to get those deep shots working. This is a game you might be able to get some of that in. You know, but they're designed to take advantage of the exact same thing. So it's just going to be who executes that better on defense. I think that you're going to see them try to drive the ball up the seams and then out of the backfield. That's your plan of attack against the Buffalo Bills. Especially a team that you know doesn't defend the run well. Play action passing and then hitting us in the seams and at the linebacker level is going to be a huge narrative of this game when all is said and done. <clears throat> I think you could do yourself a lot of favors by making every sticky, physical man cornerback or man coverage player you have available to you on game day. Yeah. Because you may find out you had a game plan and that you're better off if you let somebody else who's better, more adept at that work with it and make that your game plan. My fear is that we'll go into this with that, you know, <clears throat> hey, zone. We're going to run a zone-heavy approach. That's what everyone's done. How's it working? Right. <laughs> How is it working? It's fucking, what, five straight points over 30, straight games over 33 points. That's crazy. On the flip side of this, though, everyone's like, well, you can't get into a firefight with that team. You were just saying it beforehand, Chris. Chris was pointing out that the line on the game, where are we at? The under I over? saw a two on the Yahoo app. And then the under over was what? Fifty and a half. And you were like, oh, take the under. And Ryan goes, nah, give me that That's over. A shootout, yeah. I think if there was a team with the personnel 
capable of taking advantage of this Den- this uh, Dallas team, it's the Buffalo Bills. When you take a look at the way that we're built compared to how they are, Bland is having an amazing season at cornerback. Mm-hmm. what I think I heard on the radio the other day they tricked somebody. They were like, hey, here's these wide receiver stats. It's like eight. They were like, oh, what 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 pass catcher is this? And they're like, it's what was it eight receptions, five touchdowns, two hundred and something yards? And they were like, I don't know. They're like, no, that's Bland, the cornerback from Dallas. <laughs> The dude has five interceptions for touchdowns. That's crazy. And that also feeds in to what some of this, like, that's the other side of this coin. Their offense puts up points, but so does their defense. Yeah. And their defense generates turnovers that lead to things like I mean, their, field, their, their kicker is running away with scoring this year because they force a lot of negative plays. Yeah, and he's yet to miss a field goal this year, too. He has Audrey. yet to miss a field goal. I mean, he's due. Outside would Buffalo, think. outside in Buffalo, yeah, one would think it makes sense. Here would be the place you would do it. But so if it's talking about how the Bills match up with this defense, I just I keep thinking about this because I look at their defense and I say to myself, Bland has had those, he's got those accolades, but then also he got kind of crushed in that that Seattle game. Like. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But the first half, they picked on him bad. And then he had to pick six in the second half. Sure. (laughs) Sure. And this is the thing. But, But now what do you want to do? Do you want to duck that guy? No. <clears throat> Knowing Stefan Gilmore is probably going to travel. They've been doing that now. Mm-hmm. Stefan Gilmore is probably going to travel with Stefan Diggs. Do you want to try to avoid... That's the problem when you play good football teams, and it's the thing that I, I hate with most attempts to try to preview a matchup. When you say to yourself, well, here's where I can find an advantage. Sometimes there is no inherent advantage. Sometimes you just... It's, it's like me trying to bum rush the tall guy outside. Sometimes you have to figure out what... Okay, this is my problem. This is a problem. What can I do? And I just got to go try to execute. That's it. It's yeah. all you can do. Their safety play isn't great. Bland is not this all-world corner. He's just very good if you throw him up. If you throw him an interceptable ball, he, his ball skills are very good. Yeah. yeah. And he's been capitalizing at a record rate this year. But outside of that, I think that there's opportunities here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And... But some of that's going to involve, I mean, how scared of this pass rush are you? Um, Michael, I mean, pa- Michael Parsons on Spencer Brown. Like, I saw that when they released the schedule and my butthole puckered a little bit. 
Yeah, I think you know mine did too. But I mean, Spencer Brown's played better as of late. Um, Not I mean, like a person. And I think the way, yeah, but I, th- I think the way the way that they've allowed Josh Allen to play since Joe Brady took over the offense, I'm a lot less scared of what Josh Allen was when he was under Ken Dorsey, which was pocket, don't bail unless I absolutely have to bail, and by then it's too late to bail. Kind of kind of offense. He's okay. much more willing to. I'm feeling it. I'm going. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think you can do well against Micah Parsons is that if if he gets the first couple times, if he gets stymied, if Spencer Brown happens to win the, the battle, if they bring in Latavius Murray and have You're him You're going to give him help. He's going to get <clears throat> frustrated. He's going to over-pursue, and Allen's going to be able to capitalize on that. I think one of the things that the offense is going to have to do, and it's something that Dan Orlovsky broke down that they did really well against Kansas City, is set up that four man on either side of the rotation or on either side of the formation. Basically I like my skill guys better than I like your coverage guys. So here's four good luck picking one. And they did a really good job of setting that up through motion, through jet motion, through just lining up that way. And it was just kind of like Diggs, Davis, Kincaid, cook, good luck. Right. And Josh, just pick your poison to make the right decision, and he made the right decision by and large against Kansas City. You hope he can continue making the right decision. See, I've, I've, I've seen like I feel like I've sounded like a broken record on this podcast this year because every week when we talk about how to attack an opposing team, I go the linebacker core because our skill players are just better than most yeah. linebackers. The Cowboys have some athletic, sure, kind of rangy athletes that are good in coverage. So with this, it's almost like. That approach might be what you need. You yeah. need the eye candy. You need all of the things working in concert to really try to execute in this one. And, I mean, Chris, at this point, we're just beating around the bush. Why don't we just get right to the keys to victory? Wow, it's a lot of keys. Bigger the keychain, more powerful the man. First one. If we're talking about the offense. I want to attack the slot. And I want to get creative with digs and the motion that we use. So, Bland and Gilmore... We just talked about it. Really solid talents. Their slot corner is allowing the most yards against on the entire team. He's the weak link in that secondary. Looking at him, he allows a lot of catches, a lot of first downs. And safety Jaron Curse isn't far behind him. The way I think about this is that Diggs has experience working in the slot. He's good. He's shifty. He's what... He doesn't win with speed. You know, it's like when we were decrying the, the the screen passes. He's not a winner with speed. He's a winner with nuance and just quick, quick, clean routes. Yeah, that's how he that's how he beats everybody. So with that, you can get yourself a few advantages by playing him or motioning him into the slot. The first one is that if they don't have Gilmore Shadow, you're going to find yourself with an amazing matchup. You're going to have Stephon Diggs matched up against a cornerback who has no prayer of covering him. And limited linebacker assistance, given what we have coming out of the backfield on most of those downs. Right. <clears throat> or also a spy on Josh Allen. Oh, right, you're going to have like, to account for Allen. Yeah. These linebackers have so many responsibilities. And so putting a Stephon Diggs in the slot, if they don't shadow him with Gilmore in that, in that way, it creates so much conflict with where their priorities should lie that I think you could really make hay against those safeties and against these linebackers in between the numbers. 
if they decide to move Gilmore with Diggs to the slot and motion that cornerback back outside to go take whoever our boundary receiver on that snap is, whether it's whether it's Shakir, whether it's Gabe Davis, whether it's Cook, whether you split Kincaid out, there's a lot of you have a lot of options at your disposal. And oh, by the way, you can't also take the worst cornerback on your team who doesn't play the boundary, move him out there because Stefan Diggs is now in the middle, and then also have the worst safety on your team over the top of him. Right. Well, you better not do that. I think doing this could create some really fantastic matchups outside for the Buffalo Bills. Like, you can't imagine that that slot corner is going to have a good time against Gabe Davis. No, uh-uh. No, you would hate that matchup if you were a coach. So what you would try to do is say, okay, well, where are we rotating to, and then who are they bringing in, and what does the matchup become? You Just the ability to do that, I think, if you did it early, in the game, early, you'd give them a lot to think about. You know, their defensive coordinator isn't a slouch. What, what uh, Quinn? Yeah. He's a good coach, at yeah, least defensively. Should be head coach. Well, he was a head coach once. And it should went be fucking, a head coach. It went fucking terribly. <laughs> <laughs> he was a coach of the Atlanta Falcons, and it went terribly. But as a defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn knows what he's doing. But you would give him a lot of food for thought right out of the box. Of like, oh shit, I don't want that guy out there. Well, how do I avoid it? Well, I guess I have to leave Stephon Dil- Gil- Gilmore out on the outside. But what if, and this is how, like, people talk about dictating to the other team. This is how you dictate to the opposing defense. You you find your mismatches and generate them this way. I mean, this is a team that's dying for big plays from its wide receiver core. This game, and with that alone, knowing that Bland isn't the best coverage guy. I mean, look, he got wrecked. You, you were talking about the Seahawks game. It was 137 yards for, on, what is it, six catches, 137 in the first half yep. of that Seahawks game. Now later, yeah, he came back and got a pick six. You know what? I'll take that. If you gave me that same fucking stat line, give Gabe Davis six catches, 130 touched, uh, 130 yards and a tutty versus a pick six. Ooh, I don't give a fuck. You move the football. I think that he's not infallible, and if you can lure Gilmore into the middle of the field and open up those boundaries, we might actually see a game where that downfield passing that we've been missing for a while here starts to work, starts to come to fruition for us. Here, here's a, a key in the passing game. The tight ends are going to play a massive role in this game. Whenever you look at position groups... And where you're going to find success against teams. One of the things that I, I like doing is now that fantasy football is a thing, right? There's a ton of metrics out there. Mm-hmm. Dallas is 30th in the NFL against tight ends. And when it's schedule adjusted, they're averaging 1.56 fantasy points per target, which is, again, that means a good... catch on every almost every single target. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. So that's where you're going to find your success because, as we've talked about, slot slot corners, tight end, or, uh, uh, linebackers that have trouble in coverage. So Kincaid, probably Knox. You're going to see an expanded role for Knox this week. More targets, probably. Um, you know, that's where you're going to beat this Dallas team is in those what, slot situations. What I don't want to see the Bills do though is this thing of take your foot off the gas. Let's take the air out of the ball. You're not going to win that game. 
Because you tried to do that against Kansas City, who is a much more flawed offense, and you almost lost that game. This is a game where you literally have to just keep punching them. Yep. And it's this is, like, I, I don't know, like, if I can compare movies, this is like, this is Rocky Four. Like, you have to get in there and just let Ivan Drago hammer away at you for a couple rounds until his cardio wears out and just hope that you can outlast him and still have some gas left in the tank. Like, that's it. That's what this game is. It's Rocky Four. Yeah. It's this guy has you outclassed in a lot of traditional ways, but you got heart. You got gumption. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I think Mickey was already dead by then. Didn't he die in the movie with Clever Lang? Yeah. Chris wouldn't know. He doesn't watch movies. What one was that? Rocky. Rocky Four. Yeah, where he has seen to go it. to Russia? Yeah. Drago? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. So was Mickey already dead in that movie? He might have been. I feel like he had to be. Why don't you Google that while we're talking about this? You have to attack them. And you gotta just, you gotta hold court and hold serve with them for at least, you gotta go into the third, tied or with a lead, or at least not down by more than one score. If you let them get a two score lead at any point in time early in this game, I don't know how you come back from that because this team is built on the idea that we make you one-dimensional, and then we sick our pass rush on you, yeah. and you die. The only thing I would say mm. is that I, they, they, they're not a great running team, right? No, so, which so what is you've gotta, crazy, you've given what figure. they used to be. Yeah, and, and, and what, you know, that offensive line got old quick. You know, they got old really fast, and they let Ezekiel Elliott go and thought that Pollard was the guy, and he hasn't been able to find success because Pollard's never been a guy that's been great at breaking tackles he's been a guy that's been good in space and he's good you know until he gets touched and then he's very easy to bring down and i think so if buffalo has a key to victory defensively i think they have to try to force dallas into running situations and i don't know if that's present them with fronts that are attractive to the run and hope that dak is willing to check into it it's maybe you know get dak frustrated early or you know, or maybe even discouraged early if they can force an early turnover, you know, and, and Dak is a little bit more willing to check out of things. I mean, Dak Prescott, by all accounts, is is a is a game manager first mm-hmm. and a guy that's going to go win you a football game second, right? Dak Prescott is he's got a lot of weapons on his team. He's got a lot of good play callers. He's got a good offensive line. And his goal out there is to just not make enough mistakes to where you're going to lose the football game. So you've got to force him into some decision making to where, like you do against a Tua mm-hmm. Vailoa, where you take his first read away, you make him pump on his first read, and he becomes a very pedestrian type of quarterback versus a guy in Josh Allen who is almost better when he doesn't have his first read and he's left to kind of his own devices in the backfield. Um, I think defensively they've really got to figure out a way to frustrate Prescott early. Um, I think you may be in a better situation if you can get them to run the ball more. And again, I don't know if that's you know four man boxes, five man boxes to try to get them to run. Um, but defensively, they're going to have to come up with a couple stops. And the offense, this is going to be the game. You guys are going to have to score points against a good defense because they haven't done it yet this season. There's Rocky one, three, Rocky three. He died. Ah, there's one other weak link. You can attack on this offense, and it's right tackle Terrence Steele. And the only reason I'm thinking about this is because I remember what happened when Lane Johnson went out right before the Philly game. And they had to put in a backup who wasn't very good, and for the whole first half, we victimized that poor guy. It was Floyd, it was Rousseau. They would rotate who was on him yeah. and just work that right tackle to death. 
this is the game you want to employ that exact same mentality. Because when you look at the numbers and how he stacked, Terrence Steele stacks up against the rest of the offensive line, he's given up seven sacks on the year. He's almost double the next closest player to him. He's given up 28 hurries, which is almost triple the next player on the roster to him. Yeah. He's given up more quarterback hits. He's given up. It's, I mean, he's one of the, he's the worst rated starter on that offensive line. When you're a team like Buffalo that has not only good defensive tackle talent from a pass rush perspective, but you also have depth at defensive end and guys you can rotate. Like if AJ Epines is out, Kingsley Jonathan will probably play. Sure. I don't expect much from Von Miller. I don't think you can. I mean, we talked about it in the group chat. I thought he had his best game of the year against Kansas City. He came up, I mean, in that final Crazy. sack to end the game, he finally got home, you know? I yeah. mean, he kept fighting. I thought he had the most, it seemed as though he had the most keep going that he's had yeah. all season so far. I mean, he's been good off the snap, but so as soon as he gets is... his, somebody gets his paws on him, he's been kind of dead in the water. He had the the... The one that almost they got called a fumble, yep. but that rightfully got called back. Mm-hmm. That he got, he was the one that hit Mahomes' arm, and then again the last play of the game where they got to Mahomes, that was Vaughn that mm-hmm. kind of got around the the end and came back around the backside. So, you know, it was it was a low bar, but I think there's promise. Let's not forget he's two weeks removed from one year from his injury. Okay. So when you put that into perspective and what you really should have expected from Von Miller. An ACL at the age of 32, a year, you know, to get your feet underneath you and to kind of feel good, and then a couple weeks to work back into game shape, I would expect him to continue getting better. If he doesn't continue getting better, now what that looks like, I don't know. But we have a three, know, but the, the idea is there's a three-man rotation. You can throw at a bad offensive tackle so yeah, on absolutely. a team that has this powerhouse offense. But we have guys who are proven pass rushers. Absolutely. Who have proven dogs, they're threats. Dogs. They're dogs. Yeah. And if you go out there half cocked, they better have a plan for us. They better have a plan for that because all of this stuff about, hey, we're going to hit the slot. With the, okay, well, we have slot talent. We have physical cornerbacks that we can play, and we can we can get you to hold the ball for just a second or two. That's all we need. Yeah. I, I think that that's where you're going to win and lose in the trenches. That's probably your best bet is just to pick on that tackle the same way you did against the Eagles. You do that, you might be able to get out to the kind of start that you saw in that Eagles game. Yeah, Maybe you don't hold them to as few points before halftime, but this could be the way that you suppress their offense. Because Dak Prescott's a runner, but he's not Josh Allen. No, no. I just think that you're going up, you're, you're kind of undergunned for this fight, but you still got to fight it. So however you go out there and approach it, Buffalo, do it smartly, pick your battles, and be aggressive. That's it. That's what's going to win the day. Yep. Guys, I can't wait to see what's on the other side of this. We got our tailgate. Again, 4180 Docks Lot. If you need a parking spot, you want to park with us, go ahead and send us a DM, send us a, uh, an email at rockpowerreport 716 at gmail.com. Or reach out to him yourself. Docks Lot Facebook group. You can message him there. You can go ahead and get yourself a parking spot. And you can figure out. Chris, Chris, we have, like, what, a 20-minute walk into the stadium from tailgate to seats? I mean, it to if you're drinking enough for two days, it'll take you that long to get to the stadium. <laughs> it's like a ten minute walk, yeah. And uh, all cocktails and syrups 
provided by Justin Yuleberg. And I haven't been on wow. lately. Shout out to the Bills for streamlining the stadium entry I know. process. I know. Well, it only took them five years to get with the times. <laughs> but you mean, shout out to the team. You mean B500? No, I'm talking about streamlining getting into the stadium now that they've got those. Uh, yeah, I mean, being 500, now no one goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And on that note, guys, we got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Ryan Lacell. And this has been your Week 15 Preview. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.